Well, well, well. Employment Lawyer in your podcast, season eight, episode six. Who am I joined by today? Well, you're joined by just me, Jack. Just you. Who's me? Just Ethan. Where's Si? Simon's on his holidays, campervanning. Oh dear. So, I don't think the audience are going to take well to that, Ethan. He's, he's let the kids out. To... The star of the show is gone. Yep. We'll have to do our best to try and keep this we'll, uh, ship afloat. We'll do our best. Right, well, we've been entrusted. Ethan, you going to so, count us in? I'll count us in. Five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to Black Arrow's Employment Team Podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. This podcast is intended for managers and business owners and aims to keep you on the straight and narrow with your staff. This is our The Law Behind the Headlines, take two season, where we're going to have a look at the stories which are making the headlines and ask ourselves, is this case for real? How did the employer get away with that? And what is the law behind the headlines? Cases in this season will have a particular focus on discrimination themes. So, welcome back, Ethan Lang. This is quite a sad day. It's your Not only is it your final podcast, it's also your final day in the employment team. How's it been... How's your time been, Ethan? Yeah, it's been it's been great. I really enjoyed it, and this has been a nice, a nice wee fun bonus to to add on to the all the employment law work, the tapestry so, of delights that's come your way in the last six months of your traineeship. Well, not the last. What is that? Your third seat? Second seat. Second seat. So you're at the halfway point, Ethan. I am indeed. You've survived it so far. Where yep. do you go next? I'm off to commercial property next. So Ooh, I don't envy you. I did my first traineeship seat in commercial property all them days ago. (laughs) Oh, well, best wishes to you, Ethan, and this is your leaving present. You get to participate in one final hurrah for Employment Lawyer in your pocket. Thanks very much, Jack. Right, without further ado, let's jump on into the case in question. And what's the name of this case this week, Ethan? So this case is called Sommer versus Swiss Re Corporate Solutions Services Limited. Okay. I think there's quite a lot going on in this case, isn't there? There is indeed. So I think we're going to focus on a couple of aspects that are relevant to uh, the discrimination, the theme of the, the series. That makes sense. Um, so the facts of the case were Miss um, Sommer was employed as a political risk underwriter in a London C&E department and the team was led by a Mr Llewellyn. She was dismissed, allegedly on the ground of redundancy, um, and she challenged the dismissal, alleging that she was subject to sex discrimination, sex and or pregnancy, maternity discrimination, harassment and victimisation. So there's quite a lot of allegations in this case. Um, Mr Llewellyn, who is, I suppose, if he's the bad guy in this case, isn't he? He's, he's the, the prominent baddie. He's yeah. the prominent baddie. So allegedly, Mr Llewellyn's made various comments during the course of this lady's employment, Ms Sommer, and this was described by the tribunal to be a course of conduct. These included comments like, if I had breasts like yours, I would be demanding two. Yikes. Mm. I bet you like to be on top in bed. Now, these yeah. remarks, you kind of cringe a wee bit when you hear them yeah, on Zoom, not, Ethan. Not great. Not ideal in a professional workplace. They took place back in 2017, so quite a long time ago. Other comments as well from Mr Llewellyn. He told poor Miss Sommer to shut up on a conference call and launched a verbal attack on her when they were discussing career development and overlooking her for a promotion. He also refused a flexible working request which she made and Mr Llewellyn and the colleague of his 
Casper Zellweger. That's a great it's name. A very glamorous name, though. That's a gra- that is glam. Cast makes me think of Bridget Jones. <laughs> anyway, they were about seeking to remove Miss Sommer from her position after she returned from maternity leave. Yep. So the questions for the tribunal were with regards to the conduct. Did the respondent treat Miss Sommer less favourably? Um, there was three male colleagues used as comparators uh, for the various different incidents here. Um, and if so, was the less favourable treatment based on the claimant's sex or because she'd performed a protected act? Uh, and also whether some of the incidents were because the claimant was pregnant? And did the comments also amount to sexual harassment? So there's quite a lot going on in this case. Um, we're probably going to focus on the uh, the discrimination elements in particular, the mm-hmm. particular the sort of sex discrimination and maybe a touch on the maternity discrimination as well which I don't think we've covered yet on the podcast. Now, the the protected act which was required for the victimisation claim to succeed related to a, a grievance which Ms Sommer lodged back in October 2020, and this was a written complaint about discrimination in the workplace. And the question for the tribunal was whether she suffered a detriment as a result of having lodged this grievance. There was another grievance as well in November, so just a month later from the first grievance, and that grievance alleged that she was subjected to sexist conduct by Mr Llewellyn from early on in her employment, dating back to the comments which were made at a work drinks session. So there maybe were f- maybe Mr Llewellyn was fueled a bit by the old by the old nectar, mm. and that was when he made the comments about her breasts and also about her liking to be on top in bed. He also referred to her as Hun on numerous occasions. Mm. So, fine chap by the sound of it, the mm. good Mr Llewellyn. Indeed. When she was pregnant and asked to work from home, this was then declined by Mr Llewellyn and she was ultimately made redundant, I think just soon after she came back from maternity, Ethan, is that right? Yes, there was a funny correlation between her returning to work and from maternity leave and her being made redundant. Yeah. Um, so Mr Llewellyn was the one plotting and scheming behind the scenes for that was, to happen. He was. Um, he was also the person who her grievance related to, is that right? Yep, indeed. So what were the headlines for this case then, Jack? So I've got a couple for you, Ethan. First one, woman wins sex discrimination case against boss who joked about her breasts. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that one? I think you can do better than that. Okay. Um, what about nice compensation? I want some of that. Oh, that's better. That's more like you. Now, Ethan, come on. You've got to appreciate what I did there. Yeah. Eh? Very good. Summer. You see, that's how we play on yeah. our name there. Very good. I want summer instead of some of. Uh, okay, I'll not labour my success there any longer. <laughs> What happened at the tribunal hearing, Ethan? What were what were the points which were on the table for the judge to decide in this fiasco? Well, some of the points or arguments raised by the respondent in defence of this claim was that there was no foundation that Mr Llewellyn based his views on anything other than the claimant's performance. The shut, yeah. <laughs> the shut up comment was because the claimant could be a difficult and aggressive and dominant, which was a, a view that was supported by other colleagues and a man acting in the same uh, sort of manner would be shut down in similar fashion by Mr. Llewellyn was the right. argument. That's an interesting um, argument. I mean, mm-hmm. I could see, I could see the, it's the sort of thing we've argued in the past that well, it's nothing to do with sex. A yeah. man would be just the same. Certainly, treatment. Um, and they also argued that there was a legitimate um, 
pool for selection with regards to the redundancy. So the claimant was um, a, what they called a band E underwriter, um, and she was the only one, one of those band E underwriters in the London office. The other two underwriters were a band D, so they were a bit higher up. Um, right, right. And there was also a pressure to save costs to the business, so there was a business need for the redundancy as well. Also um, convenient, eh? Mm-hmm. Surely the band D ones are cost a higher salary so they could make their costs surely by yeah, saving them I know but that's by the by so the findings from the tribunal judge in this case firstly in relation to the comment about her breasts the tribunal concluded that this did in fact happen Mr Llewellyn tried to dodge the bullet and he tried to deny it pretty strongly the tribunal found that it did happen they also found that there was a kind of a culture in this workplace about comments regarding people's relationships um, and particularly at social work events. Tribunal felt that the remark was out of character and attempted as a joke, a sexist and a demeaning one, but a joke nonetheless. This was a sexual comment, and Mr Llewellyn would not have made that to a junior male underwriter. So therefore, an act of direct discrimination and also harassment. Pretty fair, I would say. So with regards to the shut-up comment, so, as mentioned, the, the respondent argued that this was on the grounds of the claimant's personality and the frustration that her manner of speaking in such situations. The tribunal did recognise this to an extent and said that the intervention that Miss Sommer had made on the call was probably unwelcome and probably unhelpful. Mm. And the comparator in this regard was a male junior underwriter in the company for a similar length of employment who makes similar comments in a similar way, i.e. a male who is outspoken and blunt. Okay. Um, so they concluded that Mr Llewellyn felt able to be dismissive of the claimant, to act out his frustrations and to not listen to her because it was the claimant herself who was making the comment. He would not have found a man making similar points in a similar way to be as irritating. His right. temper snapped in a way that he would not have were it a male colleague of a similar nature. So this was therefore also held to be direct sex discrimination and harassment. So it's not going very well for the poor Mr Llewellyn no, so far, Ethan. He's no. kind of he's lost on the first two points that we've examined. Yep. Then when it was discovered that Miss Sommer was pregnant, she wanted to work from home and she made a request to that effect. However, that was declined. That was declined by Mr Llewellyn. Now, the tribunal didn't accept that the alleged deterioration in Miss Sommer's behaviour or the fact that there was a lack of trust in her ability to do the job. Those were the excuses put forward. The tribunal concluded that they would not treat a male colleague who needed time off for health reasons in the same way. For example, another colleague, Mr Tung, Tung, was given time off, but the claimant was not. Neither had significant developmental needs, but both needed to work from home for their own different reasons. And this was a difference in treatment which was based upon, in the tribunal's decision, Mr Llewellyn's continuing wish for the claimant to leave the business and therefore direct sex discrimination. Uh, Mamma mia. Yep. Uh, And finally, with regards to the redundancy point, so the tribunal held that this was not a genuine redundancy situation. The use of the redundancy was uh, retrofitted onto a pre-existing decision to exit the claimant. Um, so her dismissal was therefore unfair and sex discrimination as it stemmed from a decision from Mr Llewellyn. 
I like that word, retrofitted. Retrofitted. I've never heard that me. one before. Yeah. I heard that one for me. That sounds like a sort of tracksuit that you might get or something. <laughs> eh? A retrofit. In any case, Ethan, it's your last day, so I'm going to have to make you earn your keep around here for a change. So I need all from you. I need three takeaway tips. That's a big responsibility to go out on. So firstly, train your staff on equality and the appropriateness of equality-friendly language in the workplace. Number two, if somebody complains about harassment, do not let the person against whom they complained make a decision to dismiss. And number three, be wary of redundancy. It is not a quick fix for all workplace problems. Well done, Ethan. I cannot fault those three takeaway tips. Pretty much hit the nail on the head of all the problems that went wrong in this case for quite a large employer, I think, in the London market, mm-hmm. a pond in which I'm not particularly familiar. <laughs> but in any case, Ethan, thanks very much for joining us on this episode. Thanks for your participation. Problem. I think this is your hat trick of employment lawyer in your it pockets, is. is it? it is a hat trick. I don't trick. think any trainee has ever scored a hat trick on employment lawyer in your pocket. So thanks again for your time. Thanks to our listeners as well. Any parting message for the troops, Ethan? Just a thanks very much for having me on. And uh, yeah. And that's it, really. emphasize that they need to keep listening to Employment Lawyer in their pocket. They do indeed. Despite the fact that the star is no longer with us. <laughs> right, cheers and cheerio. Bye, guys. Bye.